The month of June is known in the LGBTQ plus community as a time for celebration and honouring the legacy that so many people fought for. But it's important to learn about the history behind the movement we're celebrating. Many are unaware that Pride came to fruition when an LGBTQ plus bar called the Stonewall Inn was violently raided by police in New York City on June 28, 1969. As a result, riots broke out. We're going to shed some light on those who fought for our rights so that you can celebrate Pride while being educated on the history behind it. She, a podcast for the non-traditional woman. I'm Tiana. And I'm Sophie. And And we're we're a a couple. couple. Join us as we break down the modern feminine experience and explore an alternative view on what it means to be a woman in today's society. Hey everyone, and welcome to our 15th episode of SHE, an acronym for shifting her experience. And happy Pride Month to all our LGBTQ plus people and of course all our allies. Yes, happy Pride Month everyone. This episode we're going to dedicate uh, to everyone fighting for change and who fought for change in order to create a more positive and equal world. Yeah, and we also want to honor the Black Lives Matter movement and remind people that the Pride movement was started and carried out by LGBTQ plus black folks. So please don't forget that when you're discussing the protests and riots that are going on right now. Yeah, the history behind Pride actually sounds awfully familiar now with what's going on in the world. Exactly. Very mm-hmm. parallel. And we're really going to get into the history today behind Pride and LGBTQ plus rights and moments that shaped our history. But first, we want to shout out our women of the week, Danny and Keely, who are are the founders of Coming Out Happy, a membership organization for the LGBTQ plus community. So definitely go and check them out. Yeah, we're big fans and supporters of what their movement is doing. So definitely check them out on Instagram for more information. Um, so Tiana, let's get right into the history behind Pride. Well, I think it's important to start from the beginning. Before the Stonewall riots, there were few movements in place for LGBTQ plus rights. You know, don't get me wrong, movements existed, the community existed, people were fighting for LGBTQ rights, Mm. but not to the extent that we know now. Yeah, it was this particular movement that really sparked change. Yeah, and another thing I just want to like bring up, because Sophie and I were chatting last night about where this like hate for homosexuality came from, and we Mm. were just like having a conversation amongst ourselves, and we kind of felt like, well, let's bring this up in the podcast today too and shed some light. And one of the things we discussed was that in ancient times, homosexuality wasn't exactly frowned upon Mm. and that's such an interesting point when you look back on that so it was only when modern religion came into fruition that society even started to condemn same-sex acts so really all because like religious men wrote a book we frown upon (laughs) sexuality Mm -hmm. especially homosexuality so that alone has never sat right with me and if society wrote this into our history before we can certainly rewrite it to not include this you know it, that's obviously a bigger issue in itself but I just wanted to mention it yeah absolutely I think when talking about sexuality in general um and the hate behind it religion has definitely played a big part in turning it into a moral issue because and as well for like homosexuality same-sex couples lack the ability to procreate and that's a huge problem for religion so mm, very 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 true I guess that's where like a lot of the hate comes from. Yeah, so it's a concept that's been ingrained into our society. There can be a lot of shame surrounding being gay when it's almost ironic that at a certain point way back in history, same-sex acts were not shunned. So yeah, like just you were talking about ancient times, we were talking about this last night and having sex with a person of the same sex as you back then wasn't so much of an issue as it was having sex with someone outside of your own class so you know sex has always been this like power dynamic thing um homosexuality 
didn't seem to be such a big of an issue back then as it is now. Yeah, very interesting. We just wanted to give you that little tidbit of information, but <laughs> let's get into the history of Pride, shall we? Yeah. Well, before Stonewall in 1969, there were various organizations that were founded for LGBTQ plus people. For example, the Society for Human Rights, known as one of the first documented LGBTQ organizations that was founded in 1924, imagine, wow. by uh, a man called Henry Gerber, um, who was a German immigrant. And of course, no shock here, police raids forced them to disband in 1925, but not before they had published several issues of their newsletter, Friendship and Freedom. So this was the country's first kind of like gay interest newsletter. Yeah, there were so many organizations that would be founded in support of the community, um, but were silenced by governments and police, etc. Yeah, society loves to silence those who speak about oppression. Look at the Black Lives Matter movement. Look at all these feminist movements, LGBTQ plus movements. They've all experienced backlash that aims to invalidate and quiet an experience. Exactly, yeah. And we as a society need to stand together and recognize that silencing a particular group will never enact positive change. Completely, completely agree. I can't say that enough. Well, there's power in numbers and there's power in listening to other people's experiences. But in terms of LGBTQ rights, after World War II is when we really saw the emergence of more gay organizations. Yeah, yeah. After the war, LGBTQ plus groups refer to themselves as being homophile over homosexual, emphasizing love over sex because the term homophile basically means loving the same. And the homophile movement was a movement that demanded equal rights and respect for people regardless of their gender identity or sexual orientation. As it should be. Yeah, so the movement of uh, the homophile movement began in the late 1940s uh, with groups in the Netherlands and uh, Denmark and continued through the 1950s and 60s, branching into Sweden, Norway, the US, France, Britain and elsewhere. Yeah, and as well, Los Angeles formed the popular Madachin Society in 1950. And they were actually the second organization to be dedicated to LGBTQ rights after the Society for Human Rights. And their aim was to protect and improve the rights of gay men. Actually, and another important point in history to mention was One Inc. And that was actually the first public gay organization in the US. And it was bankrolled by a wealthy trans man named Reed Erickson. And wow. yeah, he contributed millions of dollars to the early development of the LGBTQ movement, a lot of the movements, between 1964 and 1984. That is just such an interesting fact, I think, to know about yeah. the LGBT community back in the 60s, 70s and 80s, you know? There were lots of people yeah. that contributed to the, wow. these movements. Yeah, well, another fact... Um, even before the Stonewall riots occurred, um, the LGBTQ plus community were not allowed to be sold alcohol. Which I didn't know. I didn't know this I had fact no idea. either until recently. Yeah, so in 1966, uh, three years before uh, the Stonewall riots, members of the Madachin Society, who you had mentioned a few minutes ago, which was a group dedicated to gay rights, and they staged a sip-in where they openly declared their sexuality to bartenders and anyone that turned them away, they sued. Yes. So this led to the Commission on Human Rights to rule that gay individuals had the right to be served in bars. And Imagine after that. this, yeah, police raids were temporarily reduced, but not completely. Yeah, the key word temporarily. Mm -hmm. You know, there were many events that pushed for gay rights and enabled more activism, but Stonewall was the only bar raid that prompted multiple nights of riots that resulted in a global impact. So that's always important to mention as well. It's also important to note that America's first lesbian rights organization, 
the Daughters of Belitis, was formed 14 years before the Stonewall Riots in San Francisco in 1955, and they were the first lesbian civil and political rights organization in the US. One of their main focuses was to provide support to women who were afraid to come out. I actually remember reading a lot about this organization years ago when I was educating myself, you know, because there were so few lesbian safe spaces at the time, so few opportunities for lesbians to interact with each other, this society took an alternative approach to lesbian spaces, not your usual, you know, bar meetup, which obviously were subject to raids. Yeah, this organization literally had their own magazine, you yeah. know, but um, after running out of funding, the organization folded in 1972. Um, so before Stonewall, there were other crucial moments in history where the community would come together to fight for their rights. And for example, many... 1960s raids in Los Angeles were met with resistance and in 1967 police raided um, Black Cat Bar and that led to a demonstration of 400 people that got a lot of news coverage um, and that demonstration played a huge role in the founding of the LGBTQ magazine The Advocate. Yeah and while straight activists and black civil rights activists showed their support for this demonstration there wasn't as much of an aftermath and force as there was with Stonewall. You know, previous demonstrations, unfortunately, were not commemorated and especially not until later. Yeah, so many of the events that happened prior to Stonewall didn't have as much of a worldwide impact, but all were still relevant and contributed to the LGBTQ rights today. Exactly. No movement was too small to make an impact. And there are so many more that we haven't discussed, but... One of the most impactful moments in LGBTQ plus history began in the early morning hours on June 28, 1969. Stonewall Inn was a bar in New York City that was basically run by the mafia who saw an opportunity to profit off queer folks and took it. Mm. And it was bought and owned by the Genovese family in Greenwich Village. They actually owned a lot of the gay bars in the village in the 60s. But Stonewall Inn was created specifically for individuals who were considered like sexually suspect so that they could socialize away from public harassment. Wow, we have come a long way. Yeah, yeah. not merely enough, but we have come a long way. Um, but yeah, in 1969, the solicitation of homosexual relations was actually an illegal act in New York City and everywhere else, frankly. Yeah. And even though the Stonewall Inn provided a space for LGBTQ plus people, it wasn't exactly a safe environment because it was constantly raided by police. Yeah, when you hear about what went on inside these clubs, the politics, the corruption, it's really eye-opening. You know, mm. for instance, club attendees had to sign their name in a book before mm. entering to maintain the club's like false exclusivity. And obviously signing your name into a book was almost like a way to blackmail people yeah, exactly the genovese family bribed new york city's sixth police precinct to ignore the activities occurring within the club yeah it was a way to blackmail people and they did yeah. they blackmailed wealthier attendees in return for not revealing their sexuality uh, basically people will have to pay not to be outed which of course was all about money and power oh they were literally making more money from extortion than they were from liquor sales at the bar Completely taking advantage of LGBTQ people that were just looking for a safe space to be themselves, you know? Mm, yeah, the history and what was going on around the time of Stonewall really is just heartbreaking. I mean, members of the community were constantly dehumanized based on their sexuality. And black LGBTQ plus people particularly experienced further oppression. 
intersectionality radically changes a person's experience and amplifies oppression. Oh, race, gender, sexuality, being able-bodied are all factors that come into play with how you experience the world. And even if you just think of it, like at the end of the day, a gay white male still has the privilege of being a white male. Yeah, he still has the upper hand in a lot of situations. And on the topic of intersectionality, there is oppression within oppression. Just to like give you an overview of what was going on in gay bars, you know, they were constantly being raided by police and police would take trans folks to the damn bathroom to verify their sex. Like that is so invasive and degrading. Mm. And Like, honestly, even talking about it makes me so sick. I don't care what time period it was. That was only 50 years ago. They should have known known better. Known better than to dehumanize anybody. Yeah, it doesn't matter what time period you're in. You know if you are degrading or humiliating somebody. Oh, they were fully aware of it. Yeah, police began assaulting some of the lesbians in uh, these gay bars as well by feeding them up inappropriately when frisking them. And for a very long time, the gay community didn't fight back to this degree when police would assault them. Yeah, until June 28, 1969. The famous Stonewall riots, like this time when police savagely raided the Stonewall Inn, people were fed up with the constant police harassment and social discrimination, and they fought back, you know. Police raided the bar, were being violent with people inside of it, were arresting people, so instead of dispersing after the raid, people stuck around, and people in the neighborhood, allies, even joined to see what was going on. Yeah, and it's so important to remember that allies in the surrounding areas, they got involved and that's what gained so much momentum for this community ally support yeah and as well what's also important to note is that one of the people largely credited in the revolution of the stonewall riots was a black trans woman named Marsha p johnson she was known for drawing the first brick during the riots and was a huge activist for trans rights as well as Marsha p johnson a black lesbian named stormy dalavere was also known for fighting back against police after being hit on the head by an officer. And although there are a lot of people that contributed to the legacy of Stonewall, these were a few that actively encouraged the activism. Yeah, there were obviously so many people who, of course, contributed to the legacy of Stonewall and the events leading up to it. But, you know, when you think about the constant discrimination, harassment, dehumanization that went on, it's understandable why people get violent back, you know? Peaceful protest isn't always possible when your rights as a human being are being stripped from you, especially when those in power refuse to recognize their power. And this applies to police and government specifically. I am all for peaceful protests, but that would require law enforcement being peaceful too, which more often than not isn't the case. Yeah, there is a lot of control and power in this world by groups of people who believe their way of life is correct and everyone else's is wrong. This is followed by hating, degrading, defaming, humiliating, abusing, controlling. And it took immense courage and bravery to fight against this form of oppression. And it was a categorical imperative. These activists saw this as a moral obligation, no matter how frightening or dangerous it may have been to stand up to their oppressors. And they changed the world when they did that. And we are so grateful. That's so well said, Soph. I love that. Thank you. Well, you know, the LGBTQ plus community back then paved the way for the progression in society that we have today. But we... We still all have a duty to fully progress. We're not quite there yet. Yeah, and there was 
you know, a lot of resistance that night, the night of Stonewall. There were so many people that night that refused to go with the officers. And one of the women being arrested was demanding for people watching to do something. And they did. The police were outnumbered by like 500 to 600 people at that time. And they were all throwing things and fighting back. And people had had enough and they were demonstrating that. Yeah, the riots went on for like five days afterwards too and there was just so much that happened. So we definitely recommend watching the documentary uh, The Death and Life of Marsha P. Johnson as well as the 1984 documentary Before Stonewall if you want to know more because of course we cannot speak on absolutely everything that happened but we can speak on an overview of the history. Yeah, and the most important thing to note was that people were demanding for change after Stonewall. There was worldwide support. The Gay Liberation Front was formed, which sparked many other organizations to form. And within two years of the Stonewall riots, there were gay rights groups in every major American city, as well as Canada, Australia, and Western Europe. Yeah, there really was a worldwide need for a liberation like this. And after the riots calmed down... That's when people marched. Exactly. So one year after the riots on June 28, 1970, thousands of people marched in the streets of Manhattan from the Stonewall Inn to Central Park in what was then called the Christopher Street Liberation Day. And this would be actually known as America's first gay pride parade. And simultaneously, there were marches in L.A. and Chicago on the same day. Yeah, and the following year after that, gay pride marches took place in Boston, Dallas, Milwaukee, London, Paris, West Berlin, and Stockholm. We have pride parades today because of the Stonewall riots. Yeah. The first pride march began as a commemoration of the riots and the uprising that took place the year before in 1969. And pride really just continued to grow from there, you know, by... 1972, Atlanta, Buffalo, Detroit, Washington, D.C., Miami, Minneapolis, and Philadelphia, as well as San Francisco, all had their own pride marches. And that was only two years later. And not to mention hundreds of LGBTQ organizations and groups formed. All because people fought tirelessly to enact positive change. Yeah, look at the momentum that followed. You know, the domino effect that was sparked by other people in the country and the world who had just had enough of the oppression. An amplified movement of activists followed and since grew this global acceptance and equality uprising because of the abuse that people were getting for living their true selves. And we do have a platform of support, but the injustice surrounding LGBTQ plus people is still an issue today. Exactly. And that's why it's still important today to have LGBTQ safe spaces. And I even remember going to gay bars, you know, when I turned of age and feeling such love and acceptance and peace. And I remember thinking like, why isn't every bar like this? I love it, you know, and it doesn't just have to be bars, organizations, events, community spaces, even dating apps that are queer focused really do help. We actually have a friend, Cassandra, who is launching a community and dating app for LGBTQ women, non-binary folks, trans folks, focused on improving uh, the queer experience. So it's called Let's Be if you wanted to go check it out, but I was just thinking of it because we were talking about community and uh, I feel like this app is a great way to provide community, so. Yeah, all of the resources that better our community are so needed. Yeah. So I know we went over the origins of Pride and it was very matter of fact and history focused, but what is your takeaway on this topic? Well, similarly to what's going on today, you know, Right now, there are tons of protests happening worldwide in honor of George Floyd and the Black Lives Matter movement. 
and the need for change. When you reflect back on the Stonewall protests, the riots, everything LGBTQ plus people fought for, it's evident that all oppressed people seek to be heard, understood, and above all treated equally and respected for it. Silence doesn't protect you, nor does it contribute to the conversation, and the only time you should be silent is to give oppressed communities a chance to use their own voice. And we enact change in the world by doing things publicly until we're heard and until it becomes the new norm. To leaders put in place valuable changes that provide justice. We as a society need to be open-minded enough to at least hear the other perspective. Hear from people experiencing oppression and what we can do to make the burden less on them. And, you know, I know that's a bit of a rambling rant, but for me, this is also a chance to speak out on what's going on today in the U.S. You know, the protests, the need for change, the need for leadership. And we celebrate Pride this month, but we need to remember how it started. You know, protesting, rioting, demanding change, enforcing action consistently. So that's kind of my takeaway on the topic and just reflecting on what's going on today. But what about you, Soph? Wow, you know, I I love that takeaway and I love that you mentioned how important it is for people who are oppressed to be heard and understood because I'm really of the opinion and the, the strong belief that we need to listen to understand and not listen so that we can come up with an answer. Yeah, We all have a responsibility to listen and to give a voice to those who are oppressed and we say this a lot in all of our episodes, I feel like. It's really prominent, you know, for this episode because of what's going on in the world right now and especially in the US with the Black Lives Matter movement fighting for anti-racism. People in minority groups who are oppressed, don't be afraid to use your voice, even if people are trying to silence you, because people will always try and silence you. Speak about your experiences. Never stop the discourse of your experiences and never stop normalizing who you are, because unfortunately our world has categories for what's considered normal and correct and when it does this it brings about an extreme degradation of suffering for a lot of people much like we've seen when we talk about the history of pride we the lgbtq plus community are where we are today because those in the past use their voice don't be intimidated by the cowards of those in power i love that you know don't be afraid to use your voice so that wraps up today's episode We love hearing your stories on how you're living a non-traditional life as a woman. So keep them coming and follow us on Instagram at Shifting Her Experience and send us a DM to be featured as our next Woman of the Week. Make sure you download, rate and review our podcast and share it with your friends to spark a further discussion on this topic. And let us know your thoughts on the origins of pride. See you next Tuesday. Bye.